gonna get beat to death. Believe that punk, you ain't got no business in the ring with me. I'm telling you right now, this fight is the same fight I saw with Father Morello when I was at the St. Alwyn's Church when I was 13 well, guys, years old. Oh. And to help call the action on this historic night yeah. is none other than, you ready, Chris? Yeah. Academy Award winning. That's right. Three Six Mafia. That's right. Juicy J and DJ Paul. These are two gentlemen who are adults already. They should have jobs. They should have some sort of career goals. Yet uh, they don't. In a TLC match, tables, ladders, and cervezas. Hey there, folks. Welcome to We Don't Know Wrestling Society X. This is a podcast talking about the greatest short-lived MTV professional wrestling series, Wrestling Society X. I'm your host, Sam, and this week I am jo- joined by formerly known as Steve Richards is good and currently known as Doxy Stoxy on Twitter. Doxy Stoxy, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I uh, had a rare day off uh, both jobs today, and uh, thanks for inviting me on the show. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I always enjoy your tweets, so I thought, hey, why don't we have you on? And I I felt like you had the right vibe for the greatness that is Wrestling Society X. Um, that's for damn sure. Yeah, um, it's a very me vibe show. Um, I mean, it encapsulates a certain era and feel because it's just like um, – like Wrestling Society X was like the Wrestle Circus to XPW kind of thing because it's just like uh, how they try to cap something and just didn't know how to do it. Kind of how like Wrestle Circus was like that with Lucha Underground. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how they tried to do it and just fucked it all up horribly and didn't know what the fuck they were doing sometimes. They're like, oh, how do we do this for TV? Um, and the answer is you don't. The answer is you no. don't. Not for MTV, at least. Not for well, ends up being twenty minute episodes after musical guests. Um, but in some respects, it's just it's a beautiful car crash at times. Um, so let's let's set the stage here. They give you the brief rundown. What we're expecting here in episode four of Wrestling Society X. They're telling you, Human Tornado is back in action. And there is a major tag team challenge, which is about as vague as you can humanly get um, for hyping up something. Um, and then Fabian Killian is just literally breaking the mic as he's screaming into it. So um, that's what we're can going to say something real quick? Yeah. Uh, I fucking hate him. You hate him? So I hated him as GQ Money and XPW. <laughs> he... Uh, what what were the gangs? What was the gang called in a Clockwork Orange? Were they called hooligans or something? I think so. Yeah, he just looks like a metalcore hooligan. Oh, good. No, that's yep. That connects. Um, I've we've had like two people so far have said, "Wow, really love his energy." Um, but he's also just maybe a little, a little much. Um, yeah, he's definitely. He's maybe not my cup of tea. Um, um, I understand with like what MTV wanted, they probably were like turn it up to eleven and all that. But I'm just like, even in XPW, I thought he was kind of a hack. Um, except he like bled a bunch in XPW, so that was at least pretty cool. And him and like Angel did those matches where they'd like fall off twenty five foot balconies, and that was really cool. Yeah, much cooler when the dude bleeds. Um, which is the same yeah. about most wrestling oh. folks. Um, yeah, and his shirt during this episode progressively gets more and more unbuttoned. Um, they did the thing throughout the series where he got more and more essentially into the GQ money character from XBW, right? Like he was having a mental breakdown or something. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never finished WSX. Um, so I'm getting everything pretty much past the next episode. I have not seen. Um, so this is all going to be fresh for me, but no, I have no idea if that's the case. Um, I'm I hoping think now. I think that's true because um, 
when I was like 20, I got really, really drunk on New Year's Eve and had like an all day debilitating hangover. And what I did was I watched like all the Wrestling Society X shows in order because I had nothing to do when I was like 20. And then I watched a bunch of like XPW TV season one because I was like the shit you can buy at Best Buy around then. Uh, yeah, Big Vision Entertainment, the kings of yeah. the shit. Um, It'd be better if they released that IWA show from 13 years ago, but Ian Ron used their, what was it? Like, Ian, used, Ian Ron used their, like, FedEx account to ship stuff, yep. so they, like, never released it. <laughs> oh my, I, I remember getting um, a random MWA show from them, um, which, an NWA show from the, like, 2007, not all that great. I wouldn't recommend um, making that purchase. Um, as I believe it had a... How old are you? How old am I now, or how old was I then? Like, it just, like, how old were you, like, 13 years ago? Um, math not great. We're gonna say 15? Okay. So I'm 31, so I was about 18. And, like, a lot of this stuff's really bad, but it's very nostalgic to me, because I used to go to FYE, because that was, like, the only place I could find, like, indie wrestling. (laughs) So I could get, like, whatever bullshit Big Vision Entertainment puts out or those god-awful FMW uh, DVDs with, like, the weird commentary team where they, like, it was the little nerdy Asian guy and then the tall sleazy dude who looks like he'd manage gore, like a less creepy Larry Dallas. And uh, they would, all the uh, tall guy would do was just, like, degrade him and then they also did those japanese hardcore wrestling ones which was weird because the first one was hosted by joel gertner and missy hyatt and all missy hyatt did was talk about wanting to fuck trent acid for like an hour and a half (laughs) and then after that it was the czw crew of um eric garjulu and like the straight guy sorry to go for the tangent but that's like the stuff i watched back then Oh, no. I know. I remember, to me, during that time period, it was a big deal when Ring of Honor came out with, like, their series of mainstream FYE, sold to FYE DVDs, where it was, like, Best of Bloodiest Brawls, and, um... And it had Metro in, like, the highlighter green shirt headbutting Samoa Joe on the cover. Exactly. That exact one. Um, yeah. So, this is definitely... I have a still a fairly d- decent amount of the Big Vision Entertainment um, DVDs as well as like stuff I got at Fye because that was the wrestling that was easier to get than to order Ring of Honor DVDs or even take advantage of those twenty five percent off Smartmark Video um, sales. Um, growing up, I would use birthday because my mom for a while just started giving me like hundred dollar prepaid gift cards because she knew I wanted to buy like wrestling shit and she didn't want to like have her name on the thing of ordering stuff called like the carnage cup which i i understand (laughs) so i would get like you know a hundred dollar gift card and just buy like the carnage cup the tournament of death um like a really good iwa show or like a best of necro butcher because necro butcher was like my favorite guy growing up and i'm kind of sad how he uh, turned out um that's wrestling um I never told you my... What was that? Have I ever told you the story about uh, Necro Butcher at the bar with me? No. Um, IWA Mid-South ran this place in Aurora, Illinois, connected to like a metro station, which was a train station. And it was, had this big circular room where they'd have like Metallica tribute bands play and shit. And oh, yeah. um, they IWA just ran there. And the main event was Ian Ron and Necro Butcher versus the Hooligans when the Hooligans sucked because they were still doing like the bad breed knockoff shit and like not fat flippy dudes in overalls, which owned. And uh, I missed the show went long because it's IWA. So I missed my train and I was sitting at the bar. I was like maybe 20 and I was just drinking. I didn't drink much back then. And Necro Butcher showed up and was like, hey, what's up? And he was getting interviewed by some local fan for like his like weird. Uh, he would do like interviews on a message board. And oh, Necro Butcher's like, why are you still here? And I told him, like, oh, I missed my train. So Necro Butcher felt bad for me and sat with me for 90 minutes, like, answering all these just, like, embarrassing, like, fanboy questions I had him. 
But that was also right after Necro Butcher wrestled Bob Sapp in Japan. So he went on like a five minute rant about why Bob Sapp's a piece of shit to me. Because he said, like, right before the match, Bob Sapp's like, I'm filming a Conan the Barbarian movie in, like, a week, so you can't punch me and you can't chop me because it, like, damages my skin. And Necro's like, well, that's all I can fucking do. So Necro was like, so I had to give this fucker a stunner. I had to give him, like, the Thez press with shitty punches. He's like, the match fucking sucked. Anoki was pissed. Um, I feel don't speak ill of Bob Sapp probably is the moral of the story. Um, seems unfair for Necro, um, a man of upstanding character to do such a thing. Um, but Didn't no. Did something come out with Bob Sapp pulled a Necro? Did he? I Wait, think I, he, like, beat I don't know. Shit out of his girlfriend. Oh my fucking. There you go. It was like brutal. I did not know that. Um, and I then guess I should. Last I saw Bob Sapp was him doing like a weird, like, eight man explosion match with Onita. Oh, yeah. And, like, the gifts I saw rule, but, like, I'm not watching that because I'm sure, like, in between the explosions, it's, like, god-awful. Yeah, it doesn't seem worth it. doesn't seem worth no. it. Like, I love Onita, but I'm not watching 50-year-old diabetic Bob Sapp, like, waddle. No. Um, they just need to put the, the WSX uh, highlight package of that match together. Um, yeah. Of literally every single spot. Um, and that's it? Shot away that makes you want to vomit. <laughs> um... Good God. Big Vision Entertainment. What a historic entity. Um, I still don't remember why they went out of business. Um, probably because they kept banking on Vince Russo DVDs to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably fair. Um, that'll they do it. They had the King of Glory, and then they had the one where it was him and the guy who played Oklahoma just like doing a really boring shoot where they didn't want to shit on people because they still wanted to get hired back at one point. <laughs> Um, I think that ship has sailed though now. Uh, hopefully. I mean, if the raw ratings keep going the way they are, I think they're going to get Russo back. <laughs> that's true. That's, uh, like maybe, um, at this point, you never know what will happen think, in the World Wrestling Federation. I think, I think Russo booking like a seven month, uh, run of the Fiendus champ would be pretty great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it can't get worse. Um, no. So just, uh, you know, it's already burned, so it just, like, scorched earth everything. Yeah, like, it doesn't go more down. Um, maybe if you go down far enough, you actually get up. That's how the world works. Um, that's how wrestling should work. Um, but all right, first matchup. We got Matt Seidel with Lizzie Valentine versus Scorpio Sky. Um, Scorpio Sky's gimmick is peaked in junior high school. Um bringing out his plaques that he received for outstanding achievements in school. Um, so his gimmick that Brett Russ would be really into him. Um, what, what did you think of this one? Um, um, it seemed very like the work rate match you would get if you went and saw a dark now. Like, it wasn't bad, but it was just like, just nothing but the moves and, uh, I mean, because they did like three or four matches and then the match that got the most time kind of infuriated me because I wasn't aware I'd have to watch a like seven minute Joey Ryan match. Um, but this match I liked, uh, it was just kind of them going through the numbers and stuff. I like the thing where Matt Seidel does the weird big show, uh, big show leg drop thing, but does it really cool and flashy. Yep. Um, Scorpio Sky is a guy that even still I think is good, but I kind of don't care. Oh, yeah. And Matt Seidel is a guy who, like, because I grew up going to IWA Mid-South, like, even if I think he's a shithead and I'm kind of over him in 2020, I kind of still have a soft spot for him. I get that. I get that. I mean, this match, it, literally 90% chance this match has happened on AEW's Dark. Um, and this is just kind of your typical... Like you said, work rate match, especially for WSX. Like this is just one one of those Matt Seidel matches. I don't know why when I typed this up, I wrote Matty Seidel, um, which feels like would fit his vibe. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think there's anything terrible about this because um, WSX, so like nothing is gonna last too long. Um, 
but it's uh then it's with like a, a Spanish fly Luthes Brass. So that was uh that's a good way to end a match like this, if nothing else. Um weird I s I'm not gonna grasp the whole post match segment here, um where Matt is holding down Sky and then Lizzie Valentine comes in, wipes off his back, uh Scorpio's back with a like white rag, um, and then writes hater um H eight R um on Sky's back in lipstick. And that's that's a lot to take in all at once. Um I think the allure did better. Yeah, and um it also helped didn't help that the way she wrote it, you couldn't read what she's like what it said actually. <laughs> And I made out the hate, and I just thought of Hate Club, and then I thought about how cool it would have been if, like, Nick Gage and Nate Hatred and, like, not sad, broken-down Matt Tremont was in Wrestling Society X, because that would have ruled. Yeah, that would have been a much better um, use of some of the time on this, these episodes. Um, remove one of these tag teams and just have um, the new Hate Club do their business. Um, that would have been. They should have just. They should have just not had that really shitty uh, Luke Hawk team. That's probably fair. That'd be probably fair. But then you wouldn't get to see Alcatraz, um, who does be looking like a, just a large white nationalist. Um, yeah, and uh, associating with Luke Hawk doesn't help that. No, it sure as hell doesn't. Um. But all right, next the next segment we get is going to be um, previously aired on a WS Extra, um, where Jack Evans um, is getting his little hype video going on here, um, where they're splicing in highlights, and then him getting uh, talked to by a fan uh, who I originally thought was Marcus Wright, um, but is actually Marcus Riot, which is a real indie ass name. Um, who tries to give Jack Evans his uh, his DVD of his highlights, his his mixtape here, uh, professional wrestling. Um, and then Jack Evans kicks him in the dick for his trouble. Um, and that's it. Don't know why we did this. Not sure what the point of Jack Evans kicking someone in the dick is. Um, but that's that's the whole thing. Um. Marcus Riot looked like in his outfit looked like what I imagine John Thorne did 15 years ago. <laughs> and then when he, I watched the match because I found it on like YouTube, and uh, he dresses like Jack Evans, Good. like with the weird clubber and the T-shirt, like the uh, wife beater, but he just looks like a fat Devin Moore. Um, no, that sounds perfect though. That sounds like yeah. exactly what you would hope for out of. The Jack Evans super fan, um, who just doesn't have it in him. Oh no, he's just like you know he can still do some stuff, but he's just not up to snuff. Um, he's not gonna bust up the six thirty. Um, no. Damn, damn, Marcus Riot. Um, but that's that's whatever. Um, and then so a little background in the next segment here. On WS Extra from the previous episode, um, Slim and Ruckus keeping it gangster. Um, they show up. Was it gangster or gangsta? I think it's gangsta. I don't really know. They don't. The commentary is not helping me in these regards, and I don't think we actually get the uh, title for them the way they do their entrance. Um, but let's go keep it gangsta. Um, and they show up late to the last episode. For whatever reason, they believe they were supposed to be in the last episode. Everything's broken. No one's there. Um, but in the end, Ruckus steals a ladder. Um, for whatever reason. doesn't really make a lot of sense. Slim is talking about his uh, $10,000 watch that he's got on his wrist. Um, but then we bring it ourselves to this segment where um, keeping a gangsta is with ruckus is heated he cannot find his ladder he is hot and bothered about this scenario 
Um, and Selena's like, what do you, don't worry about it. Goes out to a storage room, um, brings out what I presume to be the same ladder, painted and bedazzled and looking all fancy, I guess. Um, and Ruckus looks like is, is the happiest person on earth. Um, like he just, well, they had that sweet special effect. So you knew it was super blamed out. Exactly. Exactly. And we're, this, this episode has some good effects. Um, yeah, the, uh, I got the fireball. Like I watched the episode twice, pretty drunk and the fireball, like I had to rewatch it several times just to make sure it's what I saw. Yeah. It's very true. good. It's very good. Um, but yeah, they want you to know this thing is all blinged out and that Ruck is an extremely happy boy about his blinged out ladder. Um, but then we kind of get into our next segment here. The commentary is like, okay, human tornado up next. Wow, let's get pumped. Um, but keeping a gangster comes out instead. Um, and then for some reason that also led to that 70s team um, coming out. And now we've got a match between um, Kim and a Gangster and that 70s team. Um, Clips, who is part of the musical act on this episode, um, does be calling Disco Machine a big midget, uh, which is probably the most I'm getting out of this match, other than Ruckus doing a whole lot of Ruckus stuff during this whole thing. Did you uh, pick up that Clips was oddly uh, fixated on Disco Machine's ass tassels and brought it up at least four times? Um, yeah, I I was definitely getting that. Uh, he was not thrilled with the ass tassels, was my vibe. No, and um, yeah, this match was um, okay, considering like that 70s team like Joey Ryan was never really a good wrestler and an even worse human and um Disco Machine was not really good but anytime I see Disco Machine I think of the story where like what was it Super Dragon slapped him so hard he cried on the roof of a building uh, I did not know that um that's good um and then I like Ruckus I still like Ruckus even though he's like really old and fat and broken down now yeah, um, yeah this is not fat Ruckus um, no, this is probably Prime Ruckus. This was when I think he was about to start the Vulture Squad in Ring of Honor not too long after this. Mm-hmm. And then um, I looked up his tag partner. Apparently his tag partner was in Dragon Gate for a bit, teaming with Cyber Kong. I did not realize that Slim was uh, in Dragon Gate at all. No, because no, he really uh, did not move like a guy you'd think would be in Dragon Gate. He was very uh, FCW in a lot of the ways he did things. Or Same. even OVW. He was just a big kind of plotting dude who could like was big and then I'm like, oh, he's 6'2 because it's indie wrestling and everybody's short. No, he's very good because he definitely, with Ruckus doing a whole bunch of handsprings and whatnot, and he's out here doing entire dance routine to hit an elbow drop um that part did legitimately rule though that's probably the best part of the match yep yep um but no yeah i think uh baby slim is he's good um in that he brings us like an air of positivity um to this match um, to be honest i would watch 2020 keeping a gangster over like a lot of what indie people uh, like now like the uh, I don't know Dan the Dad and Warhorse shit oh no this is 100% 100 times better probably because like Ruckus would also like land on their faces on like moonsaults and shit because Ruckus could be kind of a dick and the other guy looks like he would just decapitate them with clotheslines and not want to bump that would probably own a lot yeah it's very good at one point um, Slim just trucks over Joy Ryan with a clothesline. Um, and that's about, again, Keeping a Gangster is really, is fun. I think they, I enjoyed what they were, they were busting out here. Um, and then, if it was today, they would have been like in AEW, AIW, Black Label, they would have been like making the rounds based on this show. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add here um, to this match other than, like, the finish is they bring out the uh, blinged-out ladder that commentary confirms is going to range between $1 million and $2 million in diamonds. Um, so Ruckus can hit a coast-to-coast with the little ladder that the 70s team brought to the ring for some absurd reason um, and a Joey Ryan face. And this is uh, answering some questions from the last episode. Um, Quiznos is sponsoring this episode, uh, or at least this segment uh, where they should then move the match. Um, last episode, they end it with commentary eating sandwiches and no kind of reference to the brand or anything of the ilk. So I think we've answered that it was no longer Subway. It was, in fact, Quiznos, which I know you were personally invested in that kind of discovery. Um, that's because one of the few Quiznos left in the country is about an hour south of me in uh, Springfield, Illinois. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's still a couple hanging out there. It's kind of like how for a while there are still some Bennigans holding out. Kind of like those people in Japan and the island that still thought World War II was going on in, like, 1970. Jesus. Um, I don't even know, like, what are the sub-chains? Besides Subway, there are... What are, what are we got going on these days? Uh, we got Jimmy John's, Pop Bellies. Uh, I think it's called Charlie's. Charlie's is one that I see by me. There's Firehouse. Jersey um, Mike's. Mr. Jersey Mike, Mr. Submarine. Um, I'm from the Chicago area. I grew up in Evergreen Park, which is surrounded on three sides by Chicago. And that was like the place open really late. We would get like sandwiches really drunk. Um, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I'm not sure I am deeply invested in figuring out what's the uh, sub situation in America. But I was curious. Um, when you said that Quiznos was dead, and I was like, well, what the hell else is there? Um, but this is it. This is the state of the subs in America. I'm going to say, from a chain perspective, maybe not great. Maybe not great. No, um, not really. Um, I get Subway a lot because there's one right by my job, and I just go there on my lunch when I'm like really hungry. A lot of times I got to work till like 3 a.m., so I just want something like hot in my stomach because I work outside too. Oh god, that sounds like it stinks. It's a job. There, there we go. Um, well, all right. Next up, we have an Eric Cannon promo, um, where he's beating up his pal allegedly. Um, it looks like it's recorded on the worst VHS. At least that's what they're trying to give the impression of. That's recorded on the worst VHS known to man. Um, I don't. Eric Cannon does not look like a professional wrestler to care about via this um, video, uh, at least in my eyes. Uh, where did you come out uh, on this one? Eric Cannon is a very weird person for me um, because there's times I think he looks really good and I enjoy him. And then there's times I'm like fine and never seeing him again. Um, this was in like 07, right? So this is like right after all the Hero and Trick Davis matches in IWA. So he was like having some buzz. And then that just like died forever until he got like more buzz just by like still existing. Like Rip Rogers. Um, He just comes off like a guy. I have no reason to give a shit about him in this show. And um, yeah, he just beats up his unnamed friend. And then doesn't he team with Vic Grimes in WSX? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, if Vic Grimes was there from the start, I'd be way more into it because Vic Grimes is sweet and Eric Cannon is kind of not very charismatic, so he can't really carry himself in a TV place. Well, yeah. And I think him looking, um, like a chubby kid in this gear would look better, um, with Vic Grimes, a real chubby man, um, in his gear. Um, give it a little the give the impression of a little bit more flab going on here. Give me more flabby wrestlers. Um, have you ever seen the movie Detroit Rock City? I have not seen the movie Detroit Rock City. 
So uh, there's a character, it's this little shithead kid who's like mouthy and like is just needs to get his ass kicked. But his um, older brother is a guy named Chongo who's like all state in football and track. So he's like a monster that just beats the shit out of anyone that angers his little brother. Um, so I think they should have just had Vic Grimes there from the start just to like get the like, you know, Ozfest version of like Spike and the little rodent dog from the old cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like what are we doing today? And then like the big dog would just punch him and he would stop for a second and then go back to being an annoying little shit. Um I can get behind that. Um much better than what we got here. Yeah. Um Whatever. Eric Cannon. Um there we go. We have very little time left in this particular WSX episode, but we have our main event finally. Um, after Before we get to the main event, can I just tell you something that was really, really cool I saw? Hit me. Um, I went to that IWTV show in Logan Square last year that drew like 25 people or some shit. That's perfect. Um, when they did a doubleheader with Shakara, which makes me feel happy about giving Quackenbush money a year and a half later. Um, and they did Ace Steel versus Eric Cannon in 2019 at that show. And it was really fun because they just beat the shit out of each other. And like Ace Steel now looks like a psychotic gym teacher. And he, I think either him or Eric Cannon, who, who, which one of those two did the burning hammer? Was it Cannon? It feels like Cannon. Because a Cannon, I think, like dropped steel straight on his neck with a burning hammer and it was horribly disgusting and I thought he died and it was fucking great. He just so, got sent to WWE. Yeah, I mean, and then Eric Cannon's um, I don't know, Eric Cannon's a guy who's never not going to need work, not, never not going <laughs> to have work, so he'll always be fine. Yeah, he's feels like he's always doing something. Um, I'm not surprised he doesn't do those no ring shows more because those seem like they'd be tailor made for him. You just do. You just don't have to do a whole bunch. Just no. Just come out. You probably just do the Tommy Dreamer indie bit, but with like PBR instead. And that the PBR thing has been working for him, so just continue that, I guess. Um, yeah, he's led the way for other people to get canned drink sponsorships in the year of 2020 now. Um. All right, main event: Human Tornado finally here. Uh, the match is El Hombre Blanco uh, and Masquerito uh, versus Human Tornado, and that is just a main event anywhere in the country. Um, but um, they are playing Human Tornado's music twice because uh, he hasn't come out yet, and commentary is like, "What the heck's going on here?" And then they cut to the back in either backstage or in a hotel room somewhere, Human Tornado is laid out. Six Pox here. He's coming out. Kicks Ombre's head off. And he's calling Vampiro out. Uh, and he's going to kick his bleep, bleep ass. This ain't your mother's wrestling show. Um, then Vampiro do, do be coming out. Uh, Clip thinks that Vampiro is gonna kick Pox's ass. He is very deeply invested in this. He says it twice, um, but no, a mystery man who we know is Gilbert himself um, jumps Vampiro. Uh, it rules. Um, Gilbert, aka Judas Macias, his face is burnt up, white eyes. Six Pac is confused. His shirt is off. Um, then there it is. The Pretty much the most significant moment in WSX history, um, the fireball or potential multi-dimensional filter laser sorcery from Macias into Vampiro's face. Um, what do you so think about this, this whole thing? Uh, this segment brought back a bunch of random memories from this time to me. Um, seeing like this era of... Um, X-Pac reminds me of that really sweet Raven match he had in TNA, the House of Fun match from 2005, where they both just bleed an insane amount. 
and X-Pac wasn't even supposed to be in it. It was supposed to be Jeff Hardy, but Jeff Hardy decided to, I don't know, like be pilled and methed out in the fucking corner somewhere. So they made X-Pac do it last second and he went falls out. And then Vampiro is like the most uncool wrestler ever, in my opinion. And uh, seeing him come out in a black label society jacket just like proves it because I really don't like that band very much. Um, and then I watched this live when it aired because there was like the thing on like 24 wrestling and Lords of pain about how they're like MTV was really pissy about this fireball. So they like originally rolled a disclaimer on the bottom right before it happened. And then he doesn't even shoot it at him. He shoots like a weird portal at him. And it looks like something from the show sliders. And then Vampiro's like, supposed to have gone a fireball to the face but he's rolling on the ground just clutching his hair nothing on his face at all and um yeah i mean judas messias rules i watched hardcore holly beat the shit out of him at a knights of columbus once and that match was great and uh yeah and and vampiro is just honestly like probably one of my least favorite wrestlers ever like even as a kid, when he was beating Sting a bunch, when you're a kid, you're just like this. This sucks, and I I'm not buying it. That was one of the first times that happened. Yeah, Vampiro, um, because he's the Booker man, definitely gets treated weirdly in this entire show. Um, part of that is also because they just give he has the most video game offense. Um, he has the most SmackDown versus Raw 2006 offense. Um, that I can imagine. Um, for WSX. Yeah, he had a lot of, like, fighting game overhead chop and, like, spin kick offense from what I remember. Yep. Yep. Um, which here, I'm gonna be honest with you, isn't all that bad. Um, there's worse things to be doing, I guess. Um, if you're just only gonna be able to see a a professional wrestling match with spots. Um, but Mercedes looks super cool. Um, pretty much way cooler than anything from a visual perspective that the show has seen. Um, he's got this burn up face, these white eyes. He looks dangerous. He's big. Um, Vampiro like has towered over the vast majority of folks. Um, or at the very least was bigger and at, or as big as anyone else. And as athletic as anyone else. Um, in the sense that like he's six to two fifty, whatever garbage. Um, and can move to some degree um, where very few people in WSX are either, Hey, I'm a bigger person. I'm an Alcatraz um, or I'm a Jack Evans. Um, Five, six. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always been a fan of Judas Macias. Um, I really like the matches with Abyss from TNA. I thought those were really cool. Um I like the, he was probably one of my favorite parts of Lucha Underground. He did a lot of Chicago, uh, lucha and he would also come in for a lot of random chicago companies after lucha underground got popular um i remember AEW was supposed to do bill Muertes versus abyss and the monsters ball match at their peak so like 2016 i want to say and um i was gonna go and then that day more uh Muertes had to cancel so they made it sandy callahan versus abyss and i hadn't bought my ticket yet but i heard that i was like well i'm not fucking going so i'm not watching <laughs> Um, they should have done Barbed Wire Massacre 3. That's what it really should have been. But um, Actually, my favorite Abyss in an AEW story is one... You know how they used to bill Abyss as 6'8"? Yep. And he uh, wrestled Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston's a deceptively bigger guy. Um, and him and Abyss were crowd brawling, and Abyss had maybe an inch on him. And I talked about it on Twitter, and Eddie Kingston responded and said, I'm six foot two and a half with my boots on. <laughs> Um, so you're telling me Abyss, not 6'8". Is... Yeah, I would say Abyss is about 6'3 to 6'4". He's a big guy, but he's not that. I don't know. He always looks... He's a he's a thick boy. If nothing else, I guess. Um, But yeah, what did you... Yep. This is... This yep. fireball... They don't even say it's a fireball. When I'm watching this, it's... What the hell is this? What are they doing? That's what the commentary is saying. Um... It looks like he shoots a porthole at him. Yeah, yeah, like, there is a, 
filter being put over Vampiro. Um, like he's just swiped over on it over on t- on Instagram. Um, it looks like the uh, special effects from like the first three Hellraiser movies when they would like yep. throw a portal at somebody yep. and they would be like cast into hell or some shit. Um, Vampiro no, not so, th- cast into hell, unfortunately. Yeah, so clearly they're laying the uh, foundation for Blackcraft Wrestling by doing that. Uh, oh man, WSX versus Blackcraft. Uh, wrestling um the event that i didn't know i needed until now i would not be shocked if john thorne would book you uh judas messiah's first matthew justice and that would probably rule oh that would be even sick though, even though mil mortes is like really physically broken down at this point and, like can't move but it's cool because he's like built like a uh, more veiny zandig now <laughs> and uh like if matt hardy mobility was cool <laughs> It would be like Muertes, and then below Muertes would be like PCO sometimes, because I'm kind of over PCO as much as I love him. And then like several notches below that is Matt Hardy, because I don't ever want to see him again. Um, I would love to see um, Justice Bump for Maseus. I think that would rule, regardless of yeah. mobility. Um, that's all I got. This was episode four. What you got? Anything else? To, any other thoughts on episode four here of Wrestling Society X? Um. So when I was a kid, I used to think, man, Wrestling Society X was really cool. Then I rewatched this, and I'm like, this is a very time and place of 2007. Um. It just feels like Howard Jones era kill switch engage should be playing over the entire thing because of the way it looks and uh, that opening where you're in like the Max Payne crack house looking thing where you knock on the door to get in and, uh, you know, the bouncer lets you in. Um, I did DM Chris from bad wrestling podcast and ask him if he has any clips recommendations. Cause he's a bigger, he's a big rap fan. He said he had a 2007 album from around this time. That's pretty good. So, uh, I recommend that. And, um, Yeah. I don't know that it, it was an experience. Um, yeah, this is very much for me has been a, wow, I'm back to being 15, 16 years old watching some mind melting in not in the best ways. Uh, TV at the same time, some of this stuff is just comforting to me. Um, like watching ruckus bounce around the ring like that. Um, or it's really see, weird seeing Matt Cross look young. Yeah, you forget because he's always because he's looked fifty years old for the last like thirteen years. No, not the, like I got back into indie wrestling about twenty fifteen, and that's when he was like already graying and thinning really bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he did not really go to the beard. He like he like aged overnight. I felt like like he went to beard gray nearly a one fell swoop um yeah, now he looks like he's like i don't know he looks like he's played now he, nowadays he looks like he would play bass for like at the drive-in or something yep yep yeah yep. that's what he's doing um i don't i think if you learn anything from this if you sign matt cross to your tv um the death of your promotion will will, will follow you um, is he on? Because wasn't he also on that MTV2 Lucha show for Lucha Libre USA? Um, I think, I think so. so. I think... It was like him and Reggie Hardy and a bunch of random people. Um, for some reason, I believe um, John Walters was on that show. Um, Liz Mark Jr. was on that show. Um, it's a weird one. That aired for like two or three seasons, like decept like a lot longer than people think it did, right? Yep, yep. Um, There's a lot of skits on that show, if I recall. Um, I would say I would be keen to watch that after I have finished WSX, Um, but I do not have particularly fond memories of that show, and I do not think it was on crack as much as this show, Um, which would be a problem. No, this show. 
So I know people always talk about trying to bring back that DMX feeling, which is like, I don't know, probably like a drug-infused unsafeness. Um, this show is just really trying to get XPW on like a major, major thing, and that's just not going to work because they're trying to do that XPW like dirty, messed out porn star aesthetic with a thousand ideas at once. And they're trying to put it on MTV, which I'm assuming their standards and practices is insane. Yeah. And already built into it is, okay, you also need a musical guest in every single episode. Um, that will be a third of your TV time. Um, and like they all blatantly don't give a shit or want to be there. Very much so. Very much so. Um, it's very funny. I'm very excited for getting to the episode where Pitbull is on because I can only imagine how good that will be. Um, but between if ass- I remember correctly, Zach Wilde gets really into it, but Zach Wilde's like a known alcoholic dipshit, so I'm pretty sure he's probably like a big wrestling fan from like wherever he grew up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was episode yeah. one. Then that's all you get. That was the only person interested in watching and talking about the wrestling. Um, Clips wants I mean, to talk about ass tassels. I mean, you know, he had to deal with Sharon Osbourne every day, so I'm sure the scumbags in wrestling are like a, an upgrade from that. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe, maybe. Um, wrestling will always give you a run for your money in that, in that respect. Yeah, um, it's deeply fucked up stuff. Um, this series is filled with problematic individuals um downright pieces of shit um i mean one murderer yes yeah um it's i know you're gonna have to cut what i'm about to say probably but um i used to think that rivers uh the boy who ran nova pro looked like rivers cuomo from weezer and then I heard a bunch of stories that Rivers from Weezer is kind of like a weird perv to girls. I'm like, oh, wow, he really is the boy from Nova Pro. Jesus Christ. Um, no, I won't. I won't. I won't cut that. Um, but that's it. I got nothing else. This is WSX. This was an episode. Um, it finished with a portal shot um, heard around the world. Um which theoretically leads to the next episodes airing on across two days and that wrapping up the entire season um, on MTV2. Oh, it was on MTV2? Because I thought this was the last one on MTV. Like, after this, they pulled it because of the fireball. Um, Then they will run four more episodes on MTV2 um, in, I think it was like a two-hour marathon situation um and then there will be a 10th episode that was not aired period um i don't understand the reasoning around airing nine episodes at all and then not airing the last one but nothing i found is to that up i just remember on the box because i had the box set it had in like big print featuring the lost series finale or something was on it the lost season finale like I think it was like Lost season oh, finale. Oh, I was like, why is the Lost season finale, um, the hit TV show Lost season finale on this DVD you're watching? Um, this makes more sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it there is a piranha match um on one of those episodes, so that'll be good. And doesn't Filth and the Fury do some type of weird explosion match? Um, yeah, I'm sure of it. They had a lot of live wires and explosions in their first match. Um, I think there might also be, there might be a cage match. I don't know. There's some, they really fill the gimmicks up in this back half of the season, I believe. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and doesn't Vampiro like immediately beat Judas Macias? Like it doesn't even last that long. Well, that's probably true. I don't think anything in WSX really lasts all that long. Um, no, but I think like, Vampiro like immediately just destroys him because it's Vampiro booking. Well, I think they have two matches, so one no. of them probably yes, probably the last one. There is no fight. I'm assuming he Vampiro just 
does a choke slam and that's it. That's the match. That's done. One, two, three. Put in the grave. Do you remember Vampiro worked IWA last year? No, I do not. Vampiro worked IWA Mid South, and I think he teamed with Mance Warner. And Ian Ryan was just like, "Yeah, it's his first time here since 1996." And I'm just like, oh, "Of course, you know Vampiro." Um, yeah, wrestling runs deep because they were doing like some weird seminar of Vampiro, and I'm like, "It's like current Vampiro, and he's like 400 pounds now." So I'm like, I can't imagine what a seminar is with him because he probably just like openly smokes a crack pipe in the ring. Yeah, I think that's probably like who went to that. What did they learn? How do I talk to them? How do we understand the lessons of Vampiro? Um, I'm sure Michael Elgin told his students to go there and pick his brain. Uh, yeah, probably, probably. And then ask him if he has any painkillers for him. Jesus Christ! Oh man. I'm now looking up the 1997 IWA Mid-South TV taping um, where Vampira wrestles Tarek the Great and Billy Black. Billy Black? From... <laughs> Was he in Global? <laughs> Do you remember when IWA did a TV taping in like 2009 and they did like 15 matches and they all went like six minutes so they were all just sprints? Um, no, I do remember a period of time where every indie promotion under the sun was, um, doing a quote unquote TV taping though. Um, it was, um, I feel like they had somebody, it was like Egotistico Fantastico and like Quick Carter Gray or somebody just went balls out for eight minutes and it was like really good. I would believe it. I would believe it. I think every, all wrestling should be under 10 minutes. Um, yeah. I support that. Um, WSX had a 10-minute time limit for their opener. Um, Did any of their matches go more than five minutes? I think one has gone longer than five minutes. On WSX, I think more than more often than not, matches are going five minutes or more because um, they're not edited to bits, um, yeah. unfortunately. Um, they're like, oh, what's on the internet? We'll just let this one play out. Um Ugh. Well, you really needed that 14-minute Scorpio Sky versus Matt Classic match in full. Exactly. I need. We need that mm, in its entirety. Otherwise, you're really missing the essence of it all. Yeah, it's like the six-hour cut of Das Boot. <laughs> um. All right, Doxy. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm on Twitter at Doxy Stocksy. Um, I tweet a good amount. Um, lately I've been really busy with, um, I work two jobs and I'm trying to get my personal life together and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I'm not on there as much. I'm also been, uh, I work outside, so I think I'm getting sick. So that sucks, but, um, I've been on there and then, yeah, um, that's about it. Half the listeners probably have me blocked or muted, and for good cause, probably. Um, yeah, I just do that, and I go on there every so often. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, thank you all for listening, and thank you once again for being on.